Welcome to the Nourished for Life podcast, a podcast for women who are ready to put diet culture behind them and start creating right now a new relationship with food and their bodies. I'm your host, Sabrina Rice, and I'm going to show you how to put the diet mindset behind you so that you can start living nourished for life. So what are you waiting for? Let's get started. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Nourish for Life podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, well, I just want to say welcome to my space. And if you are coming back, then thanks so much for coming back. I hope that these messages find you well and help to motivate, encourage you on your journey toward better relationship with your body and food. So today I really wanted to talk a little bit about anxiety. I wanted to talk about it because it's something that I personally struggle with and I know that I'm not alone in this, that so many other people do too. And I just wanted to have a conversation, let you know, hey, I also struggle and to give you some tips on how you can in your life balance your body out better so that way it can help with your anxiety. So anxiety really is, if we think about it, like what is anxiety? Like have you ever thought about it? So many times I ask myself these questions because we've just heard about them, right? We've seen things, we've read things, and we kind of have this base knowledge of what it is, but do we really understand what you know anxiety means, right? Sometimes we lump them all in the same category. So anxiety, if you really think about it, it's just worry. It's like incessant, nonstop worry that can be around certain things. Like some people have anxiety around their health, especially as they age. And believe it or not, that's something that as I get older and this year I turned the big 4-0 that yes, I've caught myself even worrying about, even though I do what I do, (laughs) which is all in the health and fitness field, I still have concerns. So The struggle is real at any age and at any occupation, but some people worry about their kids. I'm also a mom. I have two daughters and I, I worry about them, their health, their, you know, are they getting enough nutrition? Like, can we do more? Um, are they learning enough? Like, are they emotionally, um, and mentally doing well? You know, I, I worry I'm a mom, you know? So it happens, but there's so many things that we can have anxiety about, so many things that we can worry about. And what happens though, is when we get into the disorders of anxiety, it's because we have just become nonstop racing thoughts all the time. And we haven't interrupted that pattern. And what happens is that is a stressful state that we're, we're putting our bodies in. And it's, yeah, it's just from our mind, if you can think about that. So most of you, if you've been listening to me for a while, know that I do a lot of mindset work and I talk a lot about mindset. And there's a reason for that because it's like the beginning and the end of your balancing of yourself and who you are. And it impacts every part of you. Most people don't really realize that, but it does. And so with all these thoughts that we have, it just 
stresses out our body. It creates these stress responses, and then that stress can build up. Now, if it's just a one-time event, like you're stressing out because your child's going down the river in a raft, or you are, maybe you're worried. That's not my thing. Too much stress for me. I like to live, but <laughs> um, you know that's more of an acute stress. So yeah, it'll be a short-term stress response, but if you have a life that has a lot of unknowns and we're in COVID times, there's a lot of unknowns that we've been dealing with and that can become a chronic stress state. So we are just constantly building up more and more stress. And then what happens to your lovely body is when you're not interrupting that and not realizing it and you're just living in that, and again, so many people are, is that it triggers the fight or flight response in our body. So if you ever have recently, you know, considering the times we're in, have felt like just abandoning ship, like running, getting away, you know, like fleeing, you know, and or just wanting to not deal with it at all, that's the fight or flight response in our body. And what happens in that state is that our hormones will kick in. So we have an increase in our adrenaline, right? So our heart rate will, you know, increase, our breathing will speed up, all of all of those things that are typical of maybe a panic attack or an anxiety attack, both similar, same. Um, and it also will increase our cortisol, which is our, our stress um, hormone, right? It usually gets a bad rap, but they're all there for a reason. They're meant to do great things because say you're being chased by a bear, you want that stress response to kick in. You want to be able to have a burst of energy, right? You want to be able to go, <laughs> but you don't want to be in that state long term because you're just sitting on the couch and it does so much damage to our bodies when we're just staying in that state whether we know it or or not and some of you may be able to recognize that geez you know what I'm constantly in this state of of stress or you know maybe you're just working through and you don't realize it. it depends on where your mindset is but the chronic stress response is real. And as you continue on, it can destroy brain cells. It will definitely decrease your immune system. It will increase blood sugar because again, if you were running from a bear, that's usable energy that's stored in like your muscles or your liver is going to go forth and be ready for you to use. And it increases your blood sugar, whether you're using that or not. Um, and that can create issues with diabetes as well. Um, it also increases your blood pressure. And then those things will also go down the road of us because we're trying to... Um, we're trying to relax from it. We're trying to avoid it. We will send ourselves into overeating. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in this lately. I know a lot of people on my feed are talking about the 10 pound gain from the quarantine. You know, there's a lot of overeating happening and that's because we're all stressed the hell out. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's to come. And this also gives way to drug and alcohol abuse. That's something I see as well. It's very common. Like I drive by my streets, I see the recyclables and I'm not going to lie. I've had more alcohol um, within these months than I ever have before. Um, but again, it's all about awareness and that's what I'm bringing you 
today. Um, but fatigue as well, that's a symptom of being in chronic stress state. Now, how many people tell me every day, I'm tired, I'm tired, and then I need to go have some caffeine to perk myself up. Now, what's also good to know, because again, if you are have anxiety or you worry about your physical health, this can create chest pains. <laughs> Uh, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack, right? Which is going to create more worry, more anxiety, which is going to exasperate that symptom, right? It can also create headaches. It can obviously create depression and it's going to decrease your di- digestion because again, all of that blood is going to your limbs, not so much in your stomach where you need to digest. And again, if you're not running from that bear and you're just in the state because of worry, um, excessive worry, then you're not gonna be able to digest or assimilate all the vitamins um, that you are getting through your food, right? It's not going to work to its fullest for you. Um, And also you could find yourself in a state of decreased libido. Like I know we're home alone more with our spouses, but you know, are we actually having that time together? So there's a lot of things as you can see that stress can do to your body and just, just see what it's doing, right? Like that's crazy. Maybe some of you have these things. And also, um, if you're just interested in in learning more about it, um, look into it yourself. Go ahead and pull up the Google machine and you can see other symptoms. They can mask themselves as so many other diseases or, uh, you know, symptoms of diseases. And you might, you know, I don't ever say go on to and diagnose yourself because you'll always end up with a worst case scenario, right? Have you ever done that? And that's going to create more worry. But it's just fascinating at how many symptoms can uh, be created just from a place of being stressed out and worried. So, and again, this is something that I have struggled with for pretty much my entire life. Um, I want to say, you know, that I was almost conditioned with how I was brought up to be in this state because I unfortunately didn't have the best childhood. Um, My body was always in fight or flight and um, I had a big weight problem as well because of it. So, you know, um, it's, it's not fun to live like that. And over the years I've, I've done different things to help combat it. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that's been able to help me personally is be able to tune into what my thoughts are and really control my, my mindset. And it's, I, it's helped a lot. But uh, besides that, I wanted to share with you, share with you some things that I have also done that might be able to help you. So like I said, besides the mindset um, stuff, right, you can also learn to meditate. Meditation has been big for me. And meditation doesn't have to seem like this huge, giant thing. Because I get that from so many people like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Like, I don't have the time. Uh, I have too many thoughts, right, that are racing. Well, if you have too many thoughts in a racing and you don't want to do it, that usually is an indication that maybe you should do it similar to exercise. The clients of mine who don't want to do what I'm trying to get them to do need it the most, right? So just some uh, mindset for you, some perspective. But meditation really does help to put you in a peaceful state. It lowers your cortisol. It puts your 
body into more of a rest and digest state of being, which is where we need to go to lower our anxiety. And you can really, if you're meditating, you can do it for 10 minutes. You could do it for five minutes and then build up. Don't go from zero to 60. Meet yourself where you are. I would never expect any of my clients to just come to me and then just hit perfection with their nutrition or exercise, right? Or all of a sudden have their thoughts cleaned up after one session, right? Like that's that's not realistic. Um, so you have to build yourself up over time to these things. Um, and also maybe um, from the list I'm going to share with you today, just pick one or two to start with and then build up from there. Like you just, you need to be kind to yourself and honor yourself at where you at and then just take it one step at a time. But I know for me, I started meditation just doing five minutes and then I progressed over time to doing more and more time. Um, And some people need it with some background music. Some people like it silent. Some people need guided meditation. I started with guided meditation and then was able to go off on my own and just see my thoughts. And really that's what meditation is, is you're being present. You're not worrying about tomorrow. You're not thinking about the past. You're in your current moment, which we don't really have enough time in that, right? Because if you think about your days, you're always thinking about the next step or you are for me, <laughs> right? What am I going to make for dinner? Where am I going to go pick up the kids? I, I've got this client next. I have to do this and that, right? Like, There's always things in the future or the next step that we're going to be doing. So this really, when you're meditating, just brings you into your moment where all your power is, where everything is. And so when you're meditating, you're really just being able to calm your mind and just see your thoughts and not judge them, right? As soon as you start judging them, that's when you're out of the moment. So it does take practice, but it can be done if you can just want to do it right and wanting to do anything comes of course from the thoughts that you think about in your mindset um another big thing that i do this one is like my lifesaver is breathing yeah i know right breathing everybody does it no deep long breaths attention brought in again similar to meditation but say you're out and about, you're in the car, something triggers you and all of a sudden you're worrying up a storm or you just feel that overwhelming feeling coming, overcoming, overtaking your body, right? Um, This is why it's great to be able to be inward and um, understand what's going on in your body is you can feel those heavy emotions come forth and you can then take some moments to breathe. And that's what I do. I just take a moment and I pause. (sighs) Right? Making sure I'm slowing my breath down. And sometimes I'll be saying in my head some pep talk, being like, Sabrina, you are okay. Everything is fine. Everything is exactly as it should be, right? There's nothing gone wrong here. This is just a moment you've got this, right? So breathing and breathing and taking those moments you can do anywhere. You could do it in the bathroom. You could do it in the car. You could do it in the store, right? doesn't matter what's going on around. You can always find time to tune into your breath and your body and just breathe. And that's where that all comes in with noticing and awareness. You need to be aware of it. As soon as you start feeling it, take a moment out and try to figure out, okay, well, what was that trigger. Why do I feel this way? What happened to make me feel this way, right? Maybe somebody said something to you and you were like, just 
you know, crabbing about it in your head. And then that's what created the emotion, the overcoming of, of worry or stress, right? Again, it's our thoughts that create emotion in our bodies. And so catching those things before they start is huge, but it doesn't always work that way. You always notice the emotion before you notice your thoughts because we're just not taught to really get inside our heads and determine what's going on up in there, right? Most of us are running around with, um, like, in our head, our brain is like a toddler with scissors, just running around, doing whatever it wants, and it's going to get itself in trouble, right? <laughs> so being able to notice when anxiety and worry takes over and just creating that awareness for yourself is something that I've brought into my life to help myself with my anxiety. Um, music. Music is wonderful for me and my anxiety. Um, now, I tend to love more of the rock and metal side of life, which you would think, okay, Sabrina, seriously, how can that be therapeutic and relaxing? But it's really just a distraction. It's me singing my songs, getting in my groove, loving my jam, and just taking a mental vacation from whatever is currently going on, but not thinking about something else, right? I'm just singing. My brain is occupied and there I am just enjoying the music, getting into it. That for me is, is huge. Now, some of you are probably not going to want to relax to <laughs> metal, but, um, you know, whatever makes you happy and boosts your mood. That's, that's what can help to interrupt the pattern of your worry, your thoughts, and uh, decrease your anxiety. Now, limiting caffeine and alcohol can also be a big help. So for me in my journey, I decided at the beginning of the year to stop drinking coffee. And I took three months off from coffee. I actually didn't start drinking it again until I was um, in under lockdown um, here in Washington State. And and when I did go back to it, I have been drinking calf, decaf, excuse me, decaf since. Uh, I don't drink any caffeinated coffee. Now, we know decaf does have some, and I think it has like 17 milligrams of caffeine, but uh, nothing compared to regular coffee, which 16 above milligrams per cup. So I have decreased that out of my life. And I did that because I was have, having some issues with my anxiety um, and just feeling it more. And it was just exasperating some other symptoms like the ones that I had described before, excuse me, before, um, getting into the what to do's. So, you know, checking in on yourself with caffeine and alcohol consumption is big. You decreasing that will, will affect you. Um, again, that doesn't mean go cold Turkey. It just means do what your body is good with and what you're good with. Um, but it, does it does really play a big part in in that and that's just because they're stimulants right and that's going to help exasperate um all of those symptoms and obviously i'm going to talk about food <laughs> food is a big one specifically sugar right refined carbohydrates are going to be things that you'd want to limit um, in your diet. The more of a balanced foods, uh, balanced plates, balanced meals, whatever your brain needs to think to understand this is going to be important to help you um, decrease the stress in your body, right? Because processed foods and sugars do definitely play their role in um, a disruption of blood sugar, right? And hence your hormones. And we want to just keep you 
even. And that means balanced plates. And that's different for every single person. Um, Macros are different for everyone. It just depends on what it is for you. But definitely decreasing those two are going to be a great place to start since more people than not have more diets filled with those than any other time. So And uh, when you're overeating, you're not overeating carrots. Um, I don't know, maybe you are. Maybe there's a few out there too. But I know when I (laughs) would overeat, there's no carrots. No, no, they'd be more like chips and cookies and ice cream and candy, right? So you want to make sure that you're tuning into your your nutrition. You want to make sure that you're getting a balanced meal full of wonderful vitamins and minerals. And if your plate's balanced, you should be able to get those. Um, So that's important. Um, Another thing that's super important is your sleep quality, making sure that you're at a right temperature. Um, I want to say like in the 70s is the perfect temperature. So a little bit more on the cool side in your room and we're in summer currently. So that might be a challenge um, for for some, but if you have a fan, uh, maybe less blankets, uh, definitely check out your sleep quality and see what you can do to impact that. But I know for personal, that's something I've done is I've made sure that I'm feeling cooler. Um, I do a little bit of guided meditation before bed to put me into that state of relaxation. So some of these can go together, but just zoning in on your sleep. And if you're just having crappy sleep, you know, that's going to come down to some hormone imbalance and um, circadian rhythm issues. So checking into are you on your phone or your screens right before bed? Um, Because every 20 minutes, I believe that you are on a screen or watching TV, right, without any type of blue blocking technology, like the glasses, then that suppresses your melatonin, um, I believe, every 50 minutes or 45 minutes. Um, Don't quote me on that. But it's in that ratio where it's like, ooh, is it worth it, right? So make sure you're checking into the screen time before you're going off to bed. But make your room comfortable and cozy. Something that I also do around sleep to help me snooze better is I also take my magnesium then. And when I say take my magnesium, I personally do magnesium spray. I feel it's more bioavailable and um, less chances of um, having too much. I, I always opt for the transdermal over ingesting anytime I can. And that's one of the ones that I am a big fan of is magnesium oil. And to help me sleep, it definitely helps me to sleep more sound and solid. It also helps with if you have any aches and pains too. Magnesium is great. And it's one of the top minerals that we are indeed um, deficient in overall. So another great thing, right, is making sure that you are drinking your water. Um, When you are not staying hydrated and you are dehydrated, that means your hormones in your body can't move and communicate properly and get to where they need to go uh, rightly. And that's going to cause problems, right, for your body to communicate and to become de-stressed. So making sure you are getting all of your water, especially in summer when it's hot. And a great rule of thumb for that is really just making sure you're drinking half your body weight in ounces of water. Or as I tell my children, check out your pee, right? Make sure that the collar is more toward the lighter side and then you know that you are 
about spot on with your hydration. Because sometimes it's hard to tell kids, all right, make sure you count all of your bottles of water. No, they don't want to do that. So I just teach them to check out the color of their pee and make sure that they keep it light and stay hydrated. And if not, drink more water. You know, that's the best way to go about it, I think, when you're just at that starting point. But for us adults who can be adults, (laughs) um, making sure that you have half your body weight in ounces of water is a perfect place to start. And yes, you will pee more, but then your body will adapt, right? So, um, and the last thing I want to talk about is, of course, exercise. I know nobody likes to talk about this because nobody wants to actually do it so much, especially if you aren't doing it, right? Habits are challenging to create at first, but they really are important. And the type of exercise that I really want to hammer home, because from the studies I've read and from what I've experienced personally, walking is the best to just lower cortisol levels, put your body in a better state, but also helping boost your cardio. Um, It'll make you sleep better as well, but it also help if you're trying to lose some pounds, right? Or you just want to feel better about yourself. Um, Walking, you can't go wrong. And my suggestion is anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour every single day. Finding times to do it whenever you have is perfect, even if it's 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, or you know, 20 minutes on lunch, and, and then the 40 minutes somewhere else in the day like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because you can't do it perfectly you can't do it at all like that's stinking thinking that's a poor mindset and that's not going to help you to get anywhere so but making sure that you add your exercise and that's again something that's helped me So I'm going to leave you guys there with all the tips on what to do and help with your anxiety. I hope that these have brought some light to your own personal situation in your life and maybe have just created awareness around it for you if you weren't really understanding or knowing what was going on in your body. I know right now we're just in uh, just unprecedented times. I hear that like 20 million times, but it's something that we're just trying to go with the flow in. And when you're somebody like me, it's hard to go with the flow because you worry. (laughs) So these, these things have definitely helped change my life, um, throughout my whole years of being in existence, um, since dealing and knowing, um, my anxiety in my teen years. And, um, I just hope they help you. And as always, I just appreciate you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Um, if you felt that this has helped you and this is great information, please share it with all your friends, people who might need to hear this message. Um, and also if you're just in this, this place where you don't know what to do, where to go, and you just really want to learn, um, I do one-on-one coaching. So if you are in need of my services, please go to my website, www.nourishedforlife.net. And the number four is the number four, not F-O-R. And you can find me there, learn more about my story, and just understand more about what I do. So have a great week, you guys, and I will talk to you later.